You're visiting the mom next door and our stories of faith. I'm glad you dropped by for a visit. Please stay a while and hear what the Lord has done in the lives of moms just like you and me. Hi friends, welcome to the Mom Next Door Stories of Faith. I'm so happy to have you here. My name is Pam Fields and I am your host. I am excited to introduce you to a new friend and we have just been chatting it up before I hit record. First, I want to backtrack and tell you a little bit about my day uh, because it's just been a really busy season at our house. Uh, Last night, my husband and I got home real late from a concert, which was really amazing. Um, This morning, we had an 8 a.m. taking the daughter to the airport and then heading over to Bible study. I realized halfway through Bible study that I was the one who was supposed to take my kids snack for their entire class. And I forgot. I go running up panicked to their class and I'm like, I can leave right now and go to the grocery store and get a snack. And they said, well, we already gave everybody graham crackers. And I thought, I'll do better next time. I'm going to put it on my calendar. I'm going to give myself a reminder. I will do better next time. It's just been like a a little bit of a frazzled kind of season. So the lecture part came of our Bible study and I sit down ready to take my notes for this lesson. And the first thing I see are actually notes I took two weeks ago and I had left it in my Bible study uh, notebook. And for two weeks, I have been trying to remember where I put that piece of paper because I knew I wrote it down. And I want to tell you what this piece of paper said in my Bible study book. Words of the year for 2024. Focus and intentionality for God's glory. I had just set it aside and forgotten where it was. But today, for some reason in God's timing, I was supposed to pick that up today and be reminded of my words for 2024. Focus and intentionality for God's glory. Well, we went ahead and and had, you know, I sat in for that session. And after that, my daughter and I, crazy thing, she needed a babysitter. I was coming home. We traded our key sets and I drove her van home with four grandchildren and my own three youngest in it. And she drove my car all by herself to a coffee shop to meet with a friend. So I came home really frazzled, made some quick peanut butter and jelly for everybody, thinking I'd have time to prepare for this today to do this interview. No, I, I didn't. I had no time to prepare for this interview, had no notes. I jumped on Rachel's website really fast to try to remember what she talks about and who she is. And I got to tell you what I read when I got to her website. Okay, so this is the bio about a little description about her podcast on her website. Join Christian author, speaker, and life coach Rachel D. Baker each week as she gives you the strategies and motivation you need to reclaim your time for what is most important. As a wife, special needs mom, writer, and speaker, Rachel knows how it feels to drown in the overwhelm of doing all the things. Her life experience and journey have given her a passion for serving women who are living in that overwhelm right now. Hello. I'm like reading this going, this is the gal I'm going to interview this afternoon. How perfect is that? 
The goal of her podcast is to empower you to create some breathing room with healthy priorities and to live an intentional life. Ladies, what was my word? The word for the year, focus and intentionality. Each week, Rachel will share the lessons, resources, and people who helped her make that transformation. You'll hear guest interviews, book reviews, and strategies that will help you take the steps needed to make this lifestyle your reality. When you're working so hard to survive each day and taking care of everyone else, it's easy to feel guilty or selfish for wanting some alone time or self-care. Life can feel crazy and overwhelming, but you will never regret taking the time to create some breathing room. Wow. You know, I needed to hear that today. And as I chatted a little bit more before I hit the record, one of the specialties kind of that she talks about, one of the things that's often on her heart is time management and focus. And I went, bingo, focus. That was my other word. So I thought this is such a God-ordained meeting for today at this time, because I think I needed to meet Rachel today. I'm kind of looking forward to hearing what Rachel's got to say. So uh, without anything else, I just, I really just want to hand the microphone to you, Rachel, and say, (laughs) take it away. Teach me about these things. Oh, bless. That was, that was the best. I love the story. I love, that's like probably the best introduction I've ever had. (laughs) Um, And it fills my heart to the very top to be able to speak to women who feel that on a deep level, right? To read those words and go, oh man, that's me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that just, that's what I'm here for. Um, and that calling is just what keeps me going and creating and speaking and writing all the time because it was something I needed. And we talked a little bit, you know, before you hit that record button, we talked a little bit about just how we end up teaching or coaching or sharing on those things that we needed first. You know, God brings us through these times that just, (laughs) can I even make it Lord drag me through and you get to the other side and go, does anybody else deal? Who can I help with this? Can I tell somebody else how to get through that faster, easier, you know, with the Lord by their side. And so a lot of the things that I teach on now that the time management focus, clarity, being intentional come from not having those things, needing those things. Um, and so I just, I, that warmed my heart to hear all of that, Pam. Thank you so much. I think that our greatest struggle can become our greatest ministry, right? Absolutely. Yes. I love, you know, people make kind of the cheesy and cliche sayings about, you know, your mess becomes your message, you know, all those things. Oh, yeah. It's Uh it's true. It's so true. It is. Um, And so I do, I feel very passionate about helping women who are drowning. And there are so many, especially I think in the Christian space, Christian women feel like being a good Christian woman means doing all the things for all the people, but it's almost to our detriment, you Mm. know, there, and there are so many things. I don't know, like everybody's church background or, you know, I was raised in a Christian church and we had the things that you'd say joy is Jesus first, others, others next, next, and and then then you, you last. And, Uh and I think we just kind of 
take those things in. And, and then as the submissive help meet Christian women, like are those negative things to sit, to be submissive and to be a helper? Absolutely not. And what an amazing gift to be a servant hearted woman who wants to care for others. But when it is to your own detriment, you know, when you're trying to keep others warm by setting yourself on fire, that's not serving anybody. Well, I think the enemy tries to twist it. He twists it because when we go, Jesus, others, you, it's not that that's even necessarily bad, right? Like we are supposed to be thinking outside of ourselves, but when he twists it so that it is the you comes with a little parentheses and it says never, you know, Mm -hmm. like if if we get so focused on taking care of all the other things that we can't really breathe, like we, God gave us bodies for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. We're supposed to use our bodies as tools functioning well to serve him. And if I'm not keeping that tool sharp, then Mm -hmm. I'm probably not going to be quite as effective as I should be for the work that God's called me to. Absolutely. And there are so many, you know, analogies, metaphors, things that I do use with coaching clients and different ones hit for different people. Um, But yeah, like you said, none of these things are bad. It's, you know, we don't want to think like, well, it shouldn't be Jesus first. And like, no, that's great. But you're right. It's when the enemy comes in and twists it and it's you because you're the bottom of the totem pole and don't matter, or you're not worth the time that you need for, you know, all these things. So um, I love that your focus for 2024 is focus, right? To be Mm -hmm. focused on what is needed to be intentional. Um, I talk a lot about being proactive in your life as opposed to being reactive in because that trips us up so much. And I've lived so many years in a reactive state, just trying to keep all the plates spinning up in the Mm -hmm. air and how many can I keep? And oh no, what if one drops? And it's just so much stress. Um, And a lot of that and a lot of the story I was going to share today, it it is this sense of needing to have control over Mm -hmm. things, right? Mm -hmm. I've lived a lot, I'd say the majority of my years feeling like it was on my shoulders, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was all on my shoulders. I needed to make sure things were okay. And whether that was within my original family, that family dynamic, or um, if I was in a relationship with someone dating, or then when I was married, whatever was going on with them, I it was up to me to make sure we had homeostasis. We had, everything is okay. Everyone's fine. I don't talk about it just a whole lot, but I am currently with my second husband, my first husband that I married. Um, I married from that place of love, but also I'm, I'm needed. I must help control things in the situation. He was mm-hmm. not well. There were a lot of mental mm-hmm. health issues. And instead of saying, that's not mine to carry, I would think, well, if I leave and something happens, that's my fault. That's as if I have control over those things. And Mm -hmm. so God has just walked me through some of the most difficult times to lead me to this place of realizing like, he's God. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm not. And I would never have said, well, 
I'm like God, I can take care of everything. But that sense of responsibility and like, I need to take care of everything and everybody really, he had to work real hard out of me. He had, you know, like have a seat, hun, let's sort this out. <laughs> it's subtle. It's subtle that we don't even realize that we are trying to usurp his right, his right to be the one, his control over mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so just in the difficult times, I'm not sitting there going like, God is teaching me a lesson. This is so wonderful. Like it was horrible. And it's, it is the type of situations um, for me, a lot of it was my health. I had um, a two and a half year old daughter. Um, this was 2011, you know, two and a half year old daughter. I had a, my son was like eight or nine months old and I had already had neck surgery during my first pregnancy, I had a lot of health issues and they would say, well, you have autoimmune stuff. There wasn't a clear diagnosis, but your Mm. body just fights itself, but they couldn't pinpoint a diagnosis on it. So we were just always kind of mindful of that. And so chronic pain, illness, those were part of life. But in 2011, um, I broke my arm killing a bug which, Hmm. yep. That's like one of like, tell us something unique about you, Rachel. Well, (laughs) here's that broke my arm, killing a bug. It ended up, I had a bone tumor really rare. It ended up being benign. It was wonderful, but they got it all out. I still did the follow-ups for five years, but at that time, the way that the bone broke, the hugeness of the tumor, I was in a sling and on pain meds for ever with a toddler and a baby. And he was a, Mm. he was a big baby. I did not have Mm. tiny children. And so I could not get him in and out of the crib. I could not change his diapers. I could not feed the kids. I could, there were just all these things that as a mom you do, and I couldn't do. And that humbling moment of I've gone all these years of like, I've got this handled. I've got this under control. Everybody get Mm. out of the way. I've got Mm -hmm. it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so then to have this and, you know, I don't know what people do without church family. I don't know how we would have come through that because my husband at the time would, could barely keep his job and go do that. And so we had ladies from the church taking shifts in our house, you know, Mm -hmm. they'd come with food, they'd play with my kids, change their diapers. I was on pain meds and asleep a lot. It was just the most at first embarrassing. Mm -hmm. And then when I was able to get over myself, humbling experience, so much gratitude and the I'm, I, instead of being the one to help having to accept help was so hard. Um, and so I needed that God knew I needed that intense experience to be able to come out the other side and say, it's not a weakness to need help. And then really until that point, I had gone by the saying, you know, God will never give you more than you can handle. And that is like one of my platforms. I would say like, don't get me started about let's pull out scriptures about, you know, when, you know, they're, they talk about, we were burdened and oppressed beyond what we could bear, uh, that's, that's in scripture. And because then that dependence on God, that awareness Mm -hmm. of his sovereignty, his authority, Mm -hmm. his power, um, why 
would we go through things that we can't handle? What would be the need for God or the salvation and grace of Christ if, if we could do it all ourselves? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was experiences similar to that. You know, I've had things like that over the years that I, I had to go through in order to go, oh, I can't. And actually it's okay. And the world will keep spinning. And there are other people with gifts and strengths and skills who can step in. And it it was just a whole new world for me. And so now one of my absolute favorite things to do is to sit with women who either they're in that same spot. They feel like I can't drop a plate. The Mm -hmm. world will implode on itself Mm -hmm. or I want to help and serve, but I don't know. I don't know what my thing is. I don't know what I do. I don't know, you know, to pull those skills and strengths and Mm. um, all of that. And to say like, this is your place. This is what you have to offer. And it can look different in different seasons, but God made you for specific purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, And to see that moment, I had to have that moment. I love to see other women have that moment. One of the other big times. Um, my husband, my first husband eventually left. So I was divorced. I did the single mom gig for a year and a half. Um, did, you know, four jobs to pay the bills. And and again, that puts Mm. you right back into like, everybody get out of the way. I've got this. Mm, I need to control it. I can take care of this. Yes. Somebody's Mm got to take care of it all. So Mm -hmm. get out of the way. It's me. Mm -hmm. I've got it. Mm -hmm. Um, God redeems all things, right? So mm-hmm. my marriage that I'm in now, we've been married for seven and a half years and it is a total redemption story. Neither of us can explain how we came together and he is dad to the kids, you know? So at just as soon we were married in May and by middle end of the fall of 2016, I started having issues walk, like my legs would just give out from under me. And it went on for about two and a half to three years. I was in and out of a wheelchair. I would just all of a sudden like not be able to walk, went to specialists. They misdiagnosed me with an autoimmune disease, neuromuscular one, got treatment for a year, finally figured out I didn't actually have that. So it went on for a Mm. long time, but it was one of those things. Like I was a teacher. I was in the classroom. I was, you know, it's kind of hard to continue in that when you don't know if you're going to be able to walk in five minutes or not. Yeah. Um, and so having to come home, having to try to find a way to work from home, I did online teaching for several years um, and not being able to do anything but sit or lay, you kind of have to go, what, what am I even doing? For someone who's been controlling all the things and doing all the things for all the people and now you can't like, who even am I? I don't, you know, the identity crisis. Right. And so I did dive deep into who did God make me to be? Do I still have something to offer? Um, because he is sovereign. He does control things and he made me for purpose for his glory. What does that look like? One of my favorite books, um, Holly Girth. Don't know if you've read Holly Girth. She's one of my favorite authors. Um, And I've had her on the podcast, so I will send you to that episode if you'd like it. Um, But she has a book called You're Already Amazing. And she really dives into um, 
the practical piece of identifying your skills, your strengths, those things that come naturally to you that other people go, how do you do that? And you were like, I just do it. And what that can look like, who your people are that you feel, you know, I realized I, my background is early childhood special ed. I love the babies. I love working with those with special needs. Please don't ask me to chaperone a youth group trip. Like teens, I love, and I will pray all day long, but I, that's just not my people. I say, as I raise two teenagers right now, uh, <laughs> but just to identify when they say, Hey, we need help with this event or these people to know when it's time to raise your hand and right. when maybe it's okay not to Right, is a big help. I think when you're trying to figure out that sense of control, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Where can I help? Where should I help? And what is it okay to say there are other people with these strengths who would be amazing at this? And maybe it's right. not mine. Right. Well, earlier you said it's not a weakness to need help. And that's a part of that is that mm-hmm. uh, if we never need help, then we never give anybody else the opportunity to be a helper. Right. Yes. And, you know, that's something that that is that's a realization that we kind of need to soak up. And you were put in a position where you were like, uh, Hmm, I think that I need help. And that being in that vulnerable state Mm -hmm. really blessed others because they were able to pour into you. And then they knew that they were walking in the purpose that God had for them to be able to share his love with you. Um, mm-hmm. I think we get very independent. You know, I don't need anybody. I can do it all by myself. I'm fine. And and that is really a bit of rebellion, you know, because we can't mm-hmm. do it all by ourselves. We do need other people. God put us in community for a purpose. Right. And th- I think another part of that or another aspect of that is sometimes I know that I have thought, well, I wouldn't want to bother somebody else. There's somebody over there that has a greater need than my need. And so, because there's that mom there and she's really struggling, I have to do it on my own and I'm Mm going to do it on my own because any assistance that anybody can, you know, round up needs to go to her, not me. Which right. is also, it's compassionate to think of that for that that friend who you know is going through struggles, but it's denying the truth. The truth mm-hmm. is that there's some seasons I need help too, right? Yes. And really, if we think about God and his abundance, do we not think that God has enough people and enough resources to be able to help that mom over there that's struggling and also pour a little bit into me too, if I'm struggling. Yes, he does. He has the resources, right? Mm -hmm. And, and so how much, how important it is for us to partner with him. And like you said, where am I going to raise my hand? Say yes, where the Lord leads you to say yes. Say, I could really use some help here if the Mm -hmm. Lord has put, if you are in a situation that, that, that requires it, like, yes, let's do that. Yes. And there are, there are a couple things as you were talking that I thought of one is one of the biggest words I hear on repeat from women is burden. I don't Mm. want to burden anyone else. I don't want to be a burden. And I can almost always think of a scenario where 
they have helped someone else. And I, you know, to kind of, you kind of have to flip it around. Mm -hmm. Did you feel that so-and-so was a burden to you when you were able to help them out? Well, no, of course not. I would never think like, and there are times that things do feel like a burden. Usually that's when we've burned ourselves out and end up feeling resentful because we're giving all the help and not receiving. But a lot of that is we don't want to be a burden. (laughs) Well, and we're doing things maybe that the, that God hasn't called us to do. We're doing things in our own strength and our own power. And yes. I will say from, you know, my history of motherhood, I was doing great with four kids, you know, like I had it all together. I was yeah. doing four in four years or under and, uh, and Which I was rocking Amazing, it, right? by the way. Can we just like take but, a hot second? <laughs> but you know what? I think that, that. Um, God gives each person their breaking point, right? Mm-hmm. And my breaking point was number five. And I was like, oh, I do need you, God. <laughs> I I can't do this by myself. And mm-hmm. boy, I will tell you, I it was a total breakdown. And uh, I had to call my husband at work and he was like, I'm on my way home. Like, mm-hmm. we got to deal with this because yeah, you're, you're losing it. And, um, and so, you know, and it was at that point though, when I surrendered my Mm -hmm. children and my motherhood and I was like, Lord, I will be the hands and feet, but you're going to have to tell me what to do because I'm in over my head. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that that hits everybody at different times in, in their life, in different seasons, all the things that we're juggling and, and it could look. It, it, maybe it's not motherhood. Maybe it's some other thing, caring for a uh, parent or, you know, the the coworkers or the neighbor down the road. There's all right. sorts of things that bring us to that point. But to recognize like, yeah, I really do need God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. I do. Yeah, for sure. And I joke sometimes like how ridiculous for me. And this is just me feeling this way about myself, but like that. God literally had to take my legs out from under me for me to sit down and acknowledge that I cannot do it all myself for to literally say like, sit down child. That's how I imagine Mm -hmm. it now for him to just like, that's cute. You need to sit down and just (laughs) let's have some time together (laughs) and work this out. And I do like what you're saying, you know, there's so many different ways in life that, um, this hits women at different points and men too, but just the ladies are my people, you know, so that's where right. I go. Um, <laughs> Me too. But when something is asked of people, you know, like just in church, you go to church, they have announcements, here are some opportunities to serve. Uh, there are generally two categories of women. And I've spoken on this to groups before, but I generally find there are the women who all want to help, but this group of women raises their hand for everything that needs to be done because somebody's got to do it. And just in case there's not enough people and I should be helping and stuff. And it just, it's this frantic, do all the things. There's another Martha, Martha, Martha. Yeah. Martha, Martha, Martha. Let's go. I got this. Help uh, help me help you. Right. Yep. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And then the other group of women who also really want to be helping, but they are so fried they're crispy. They're just, they've burned out and they're just trying to keep their head above water and they want to sign up, but they're not signing up because they don't know where they'd squeeze one more thing. But then it's not just like, well, I can't somebody else. It's guilt 
and shame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I wish I could, and I'm not good enough to. And so neither one of those are where God intended for us to be. Yeah. Uh, you know, when he talks about um, the different parts of the body coming together and serving as one, working as one body, um, I I have another friend, we like to joke uh, about like, even if you're the pinky toe, like we still need our pinky toe. It helps with balance. What would we do mm-hmm. without? So even if you feel like that's your position in the body, don't go anywhere. We need you. Right. And so uh, I just, I like to encourage women to create some breathing room, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's my main yeah. thing. And that looks like intentionally taking some time for you, you and God to have that time together and to say with intent, with focus, God, what's mine and what's not. And a lot of times my prayer is help me pass up on the things that aren't mine to carry. Maybe Mm. it feels like it's mine because it's my sons or my daughters or my husbands or my parents or, and that feels like something I can carry with them. And in a sense, I do support them. I encourage them. I carry it in that way. But Jesus didn't say, come to Rachel, all you who are weary and heavy laden, like, that's not how this works. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I act like it is sometimes mm-hmm. when I get caught up in that. You know, if we think about our children, how many times do we see something that's going on in their life? And we do think like, I want them to come to me so mama can fix it. Or mom yes. does have the skills and it's just easy enough to do. I can take care of that for them. This. <laughs> but the position that God wants our children to be in is not to run to mama. The position that he wants our children to be in is to come to the father, God, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. come to me, all ye who are weary. And so that I think the best thing we can do is actually to not try to put our children in bad positions where they're like, okay, I just, you know, but, but to put them to, but when we recognize our children are in, or someone we love is in that position to really hold up a reflector in some ways or to be able to, like you said, support Mm -hmm. to point them to Jesus, because that is where that heaviness will be cared for Mm -hmm. in a better way than I could ever do myself. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, and I think, and I'm myself, you know, as we record this, my daughter's 15 and a half, you know, my son will be 13 in another month. And I still, every day I'm trying to improve in, if they come to me and say, here's this hard thing, or if I see a hard thing and ask about it, that's more likely with teens, let's be real. Um, But we have that, like, this is a really hard thing. What can we do to say that is really hard and I'm here with you in it. I'm not going anywhere. What do you think we could talk to God about? with this or what's really hard that you could say to God, or what should we ask God who's in control to help with on this? I'm not amazing at doing that. Can we just like real life? I'm not amazing at always like, let's talk to God about it. I do want to fix it. I want to help them. They're hurting. I want to make it better. They got a scrape. It's a boo-boo, put a bandaid on it, you know, but as we get into these bigger life things, 
my band-aids aren't going to cut it. And I do want them as they go and are going to be on their own to be like, man, I wish my mom was here. What was she? Oh, she would say, talk to God or journal it out as you're praying to God, you know, those kinds of things. I want them to have that come more naturally than I ever did at you yeah. know, earlier. What ages. a beautiful preparation for them to step into adulthood. And, you know, I had my youngest son when I was 41 years old and mm. I remember thinking to myself, I'm 41, you know, like yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be a little bit older when he's finally an adult. And I, I started to look at my mortality and I thought to myself, I want him to love Jesus so much. Mm-hmm. So if mommy has to leave this earth for some reason, he doesn't feel abandoned, you know? Mm-hmm. And I started saying when he was very little, you know, mommy loves you, but you know, who loves you more? Jesus loves you more, you know, Mm -hmm. Hey, who loves you the most of all the world? Mm -hmm. And he said, Jesus. And I'm like, that's right. Jesus loves you the most of all the world. (laughs) And, um, you know, I, 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 so I think that training our children's ears and training their reaction maybe is to not react of self or think, Mm -hmm. how do I have to figure it out? How can I control this? But training them to give it to God and to walk with him and consult him, uh, Lord, show me, Mm -hmm. you know, what, what a preparation for launching our children into adulthood. Right. And, and with all of that, with that intent, right. Um, none of those things are going to happen for, I mean, this is speaking for me. I know those things will not happen if I am running on the hamster wheel, frantically Mm -hmm. living life, going from thing to thing, taking care of all the stuff. And I have not created any breathing room in my life to refocus, to figure Mm -hmm. out what am I being intentional about? Um, If I am only living in a reactive state and like, what's next? What's not? Let me take care of this. Put out that fire. If I'm in that place. This is my morning, Rachel. You know, know. this is my morning. Listen, (laughs) thank you. Welcome to my world. (laughs) It is everybody's morning is the thing, Pam. And Mm -hmm. that's the thing that, you know, I preach what I need to hear, right? We do that. Like I can tell you all day long, but I love that God has put me in a place now where I can speak these words to other women because he knows I need to hear them that often. I may yeah. be saying it to five different ladies within a week, or maybe I have a room full of a hundred women, but he knows I have to keep saying it out loud mm-hmm. so that my ears will hear it. And it's so true. as mm-hmm. I have my coaching session with a mom who's having the struggle and she feels like she says, I'm just on a flipping hamster wheel and I can't get off. And we talk about what it looks like to schedule that 30 minute. And I'm not like, wake up at four 30 and read your Bible for an hour. Like if that works for you, brilliant, please do it. That is not the majority of the women I talk to though. So right. we find a time where they can plug that in. And it is like making a dentist appointment mm-hmm. as far mm-hmm. as it's an appointment, Accountability. Yeah. schedule it and you show up just like you wouldn't mm-hmm. ghost the dentist after you told him you were going to show up. Mm-hmm. You are also worthy of that same respect, respect yourself mm-hmm. enough to keep your own appointment. And mm-hmm. so just to have that time and whether it is reading your Bible or praying or just being quiet for a few seconds, a lot of women just go, that sounds amazing. I can't imagine what that would feel. Let's make it happen. 
because all those other things that you do want to offer to whoever it is in your life, none of those things are going to happen if you have not had some breathing room to focus and be intentional in your next steps. So that first little piece is why I do feel so passionate and why my podcast is called Create Some Breathing Room. Because everything else we want for our lives to live in an intentional, purposeful, God-glorifying way, none of it happens if we haven't had a few minutes to think about it first and let him pour into us so we have something to pour out into others. There's my passion, (laughs) my platform. Okay. So I have my phone and I am putting in right now, I am going to go follow, create some breathing room and you guys are on the podcast app right now. So you should probably go over and join me. Uh, I think we need to be over there. We need to be listening to Rachel. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I think this is a really timely interview to Mm -hmm. kick off the new year. And um, I think this is, yeah, God's sovereignty to connect us today. You know, we scheduled this interview months ago, but it is just a perfect kickoff today. And so I do appreciate, thank you, Lord. I appreciate you, Lord, the way that you timed this for our day and for our life. And uh, I just pray that this is a blessing to you ladies um, as you go into the week. But before we go, I do want to let Rachel tell us her social handles, where we can find her website and all of that. And I will be linking them in the show notes. And so you can just, so if you're listening while you're doing laundry or doing dishes or in the car, just go back and click on them in a few minutes. Okay. So Rachel, all your places. Yeah. So my website, everything is the same. My website is Rachel D. My middle name's Deanna. If that helps understand the letter, racheldbaker.com. And same thing over, I'm over on Instagram, probably the most as far as connecting in like direct messages. I love connecting with ladies one-on-one. And so I'm over there at rachel.d.baker. And I'm also on Facebook. It's all the same stuff, Rachel D. Baker. And it's because there's a, it's a common name. There's a lot of Rachel Bakers out there. So (laughs) I had to throw my middle initial and it feels kind of weird to say it out loud. (laughs) Um, but I love, love, love connecting with other ladies on social media. And, you know, a lot of times it's, it's highlight reels and we share, you know, the pretty happy things. I like to keep it real. I'm a special needs mom. I do have rheumatoid arthritis and Sjogren's syndrome. And so there's a lot of like, this day is hard and I don't feel great. Mm-hmm. I like to keep it very real, but also I want to let other ladies know that they're not by themselves on their very real days as well. Right. So I would love to connect. Oh, good. So good. Yeah. I'm on Instagram, but I don't utilize it very well. I don't show up there very often. I love Facebook for the most mm-hmm. part. Um, I need to do better kind of going and connecting on Instagram, but uh, Facebook has been my jam. So if you ladies that are listening are not on my Facebook group yet, it's called Tending Fields Moms Group. And I would love for you to join us there on Tuesday. We're going to have a little discussion about this conversation, and I know you're going to want to be there with us. So make sure you join us over there. And um, Rachel, I want wonder if you would just pray for us as we step into the new year. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm excited to hear what the Lord is doing in the lives of these ladies. I'm excited to see how he works, you know, to bring all those random pieces, more clarity and just, it's going to be a great year. Yeah. I'm excited. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's pray together. 
Holy Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to connect with Pam and to speak on the ways you have worked throughout my 40 years on this earth and to be able to share that testimony. And I pray that it has glorified you. I pray that it will bless the ladies who are listening. And I pray that you have reached their hearts, those who are needing it, those who have been seeking you in that deeper way, those who feel like they are having to spin all the plates themselves to keep everything up in the air, to manage all the things for all the people. Lord, you know, I know how that feels. And I just ask that you would take that burden on yourself as you promised you would. I ask that the ladies listening who need to would bring it to your feet and lay it down, surrender it, knowing that you've got it. You can handle it. Your shoulders are broad enough to take the weight. We are not burdening you. We are not burdening one another. And I thank you for community. I thank you for your son and his example of rest and servanthood, for his example of being with others and being alone with you. And I just thank you. Thank you for him. And thank you for the opportunities we have to share with one another. And I ask a special blessing on this year for these ladies who are listening And I thank you now for all that you have in advance for us to do and accomplish and ask that it all be done for your glory and in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for being here. And ladies, if you have not subscribed to the Mom Next Door Stories of Faith, make sure you go subscribe to that and then head over to Rachel's show and follow that one too. And I know that both of us would love it if this blessed you, if you would leave a review. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. I hope that you've been encouraged or challenged in your faith today and that something we discussed prompts you to grow deeper in your walk with the Lord. If it has, make sure you tell a friend so they can grow along with you. And if you or a friend would like to be a guest and share about God's faithfulness in your life, please email me at podcast at tendingfields.net. Because when we tell of God's faithfulness, we never run out of stories. Whatever is true, whatever is known.